everyone. Welcome back to the It's Mind Game podcast. My name is Jade and I am a personal trainer and mindset coach specializing in HA and ED recovery, as well as female-specific training protocols. Uh, today is more of a catch-up, friend-to-friend chat. Um, as a lot of you may know, I am currently pregnant and actually at the time of this recording, I'm 21 weeks pregnant, which completely blows my mind because I remember thinking at six weeks, eight weeks, 10 weeks, 12 weeks, I want to do a podcast. I want to do updates on what I'm thinking, how I'm feeling, what the difference is between having Cosima and now this pregnancy. Um, And then I think I just got scared to record what was going on. Um, I don't know if some of you have had this experience or if you have heard of anyone who has but I find that first trimester in particular uh, are the most conflicting emotions on the planet where I am really excited and and overjoyed and completely terrified at the same time Um, obviously the joy is the fact that there's a baby growing inside of me and I can't wait to meet this little human and the terrified is that um, my body the universe god may have different plans and I need to be at peace with that so I do find those first 12 weeks in particular really challenging emotionally um, as well as like the nausea and the fatigue which for me was pretty extreme Uh, I wasn't vomiting every day I must admit that sounded really dramatic but I don't get morning sickness I get 24 hour sickness (laughs) I just feel nauseous like all of the time Um, but I'll go into that a little bit later. Um, for today, I mainly just wanted to give a bit of a snapshot into, I guess, this conception versus my one with Cosima, um, because a few things were quite different. Obviously, with Cosima, I had recovered from six years of HA. I'd had three bleeds, um, ranging between 30 and 60 day cycle lengths. Um, but Cosima was kind of a, a great timing no temperatures, no LH strips kind of um, conception. And it was obviously a successful pregnancy. Cosimo um, was born at 39 weeks. I went into labor naturally, water broke, um, but due to a few complications, I did end up having an emergency cesarean um, where this time around, the idea of having another child was actually quite different. Um with Cosima, it was very much, okay, well, obviously I'm fertile. We'll just keep doing our thing, if you know what I mean. And if the timing works out, fantastic. And if it doesn't, then after six months, perhaps I'll start doing temperatures or LH strips or all that kind of thing. Um, unfortunately, things happen quite quickly for us. With this pregnancy, uh, things were different. Obviously, I have quite a wonderful grounding on my cycle and its behaviors I guess you could say Um, I have been using cycle syncing training methods for the past two years at least maybe even two and a half Um, to add in some context uh, Kasim is three and a half now I did breastfeed her for 14 months maybe even 15 and I didn't have a period then because obviously the breastfeeding was just occupying enough resources that a period wasn't suitable for my body. Um, two weeks after I weaned, my, my period did come back. For the most part, it was regular. And what I mean by that is some women think that regular is 
to the T, same 30-day cycle every single month, when in reality, regular can actually span up to a 10-day variation, um, but it really is knowing your individual body and what is your normal versus somebody else's normal. Um, and I think overall, that's something that I learned through cycle syncing my training, which was exactly the kind of repercussions my training has on my system and in particular my menstrual cycle. Um, and what I mean by that is when I was training at full capacity, which you would be looking at five to six days a week with primary focus on strength training. However, I would throw in cardio and that could be in the form of a wad. It could be in the form of a 10K row. Um, I'm not much of a runner, so that doesn't really happen. Um, but based on the type of training I would do, my cycle may extend out to 35 days. And then when I would reduce my training capacity, which could be I keep five days, but I only do strength training, or I keep in some cardio, but it's a maximum three or four days instead of a total of five, or I completely remove the cardio and do three or four days of strength training, my cycle would actually reduce down to a 30-day cycle. Now, when you have gotten to learn your cycle very well and you know that you're ovulating and that your body is functioning in an optimal position, um, you can be a little bit more adventurous with training. So as an example, when training was my priority, it didn't bother me that I was having a 35-day cycle because I knew the reason it was happening was because my body was under a little bit more stress due to training and my cycle would extend. But when I shifted lanes and decided fertility was indeed my priority, then I shifted my training regime and then my cycle reduced down to 30 days. So obviously I had some play around with this over the two and a half years. But in January of this year, um, John and I decided it was the month to see how things go on the, the baby journey. Um, I, for what happened? Oh, so for the past years, I had also been using Temp Drop, which is a thermometer that you wear to bed. It gets wrapped around your arm and it takes your temperature at its lowest degree throughout the night, which tends to be around the 3 or 4 a.m. mark. Um, but it can be thrown off. So as an example, Cosima wakes up a lot during the night. So my BBT isn't the most accurate, but given she always does that, it's kind of like the most regular for my personal circumstance. So throughout wearing that, I was able to see, depending on my training and, and other stresses, how my cycle would lengthen, how my cycle would shorten. I could confirm ovulation was occurring by monitoring cervical mucus and obviously seeing the temperature spike and the progression of the line when I had indeed ovulated. Um, for me personally, I had tried to use LH strips a couple of times, but I, I could never get a positive reading. Um, when I spoke to my acupuncturist about it, who's like my, my fertility guy or my pregnancy guy, um, I say that because I just, he's so helpful in every possible way. Um, and he's been through with me since I had HA, gosh, many years ago. Um, but I brought that up to him like, oh my gosh, you know, I'm getting the temperatures. I've got cervical mucus. Like my period is really predictable. I'm ticking all these boxes, but I just can't get this strip. And he actually said to me, for some women, um, the LH can be quite sensitive in the way that the timing's really particular. So if I had the spike 
in the afternoon and I tested in the morning, I wouldn't have gotten a positive read. Or if I had the, the surge in the afternoon and I tested the following morning, I had already missed it. So that did make me feel a little bit better because I kind of thought I was failing because I couldn't get these strips to work. Um, and so many women do, but I was getting the other main symptoms, which was confirmation enough that things were tracking in the right direction. Anyway, so in right about November 2022, yeah, John and I were kind of having a bit of a chat and decided that in January we would start to jump on the baby train and see what awaited us. Um, much like Kasima, we didn't want to put too much emphasis on perfect timing or um, very vigorous, I guess, protocols to maximise conception. We both agreed that for us personally, it would be best to kind of just go by our own cues. And if things hadn't progressed in six months or maybe even 12, then we'd bring in some more, I guess, strict interventions in regards to um, LH strips and temperatures. Um, I guess just to preface, because I was just saying I was taking temperatures, um, I originally was going to stop wearing my temp drop in January when we decided to jump on the baby train. Um, but then January come around and the data just got the better of me and I couldn't help it. So um, by chance, timing just worked out really well in January. Um, I hadn't actually seen the spike, temperature spike yet when we had been intimate. So it actually it was kind of divine timing. Um, and I did indeed feel pregnant first try. Well, I say try, but you know what I mean, like in January. Um, unfortunately, that was a chemical pregnancy. So I had a positive test for oh, three days um, and then my period come. So that was a very interesting experience um, in the way that you, you have these future predictions when you see the pregnancy test and it's um, overwhelming in the really beautiful way. Um, and obviously I told John and I did happen to tell one of my close friends, um, obviously really excited. And then my period come and I, I obviously had to tell him and my girlfriend that that pregnancy wasn't, wasn't going to turn out the way that we had hoped. And it was a really interesting experience because I could logically say that it wasn't meant to be. And because it was only a couple of days of a positive test, I personally considered it different to a loss that happens later on. Um, because for me, it was very much chromosomes just didn't match up. Like it, it didn't have, there was no heartbeat. There was no um, fetus or anything like that. It was very much just chromosomes and genes trying to bond together and, and make this spark happen. Um, but nonetheless, there was a lot of raw emotion. Um, interestingly enough, I think the hardest part was having to tell my husband uh, and my best friend that my, my period come. Um, oh, I didn't think I'd get emotional about this. Um, because even though it was just one of those things that was meant to be, I still saw their expression of sorrow when I when I told them and I think that upset me more because I didn't like the idea of knowing that they were upset for me 
um, which is <laughs> the most appropriate reaction if someone tells you that they've they've had a, a, a chemical pregnancy or a loss or is to is to show empathy or to show sorrow. That <laughs> um, for some reason when I had it delivered to me, it probably made me feel worse um, because I almost took ownership for them feeling sad because of me and my and the circumstance. Um, so that was really weird. <laughs> it was really weird. I didn't know those kind of emotions would play out. Um, and it was interesting because obviously uh, one of my girlfriends actually had a chemical pregnancy not so long ago. And the first thing I did was go, oh, my gosh, I'm so sorry. Like, I'm, I'm really sorry. And yet that's the exact response I got. And I was like, well, no, 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 don't be sorry. And it, it like kind of made me panicky. But it's the exact same reaction I'd give to somebody that I care about. Like, it's sad. Um, yeah, anyway, I'm going to go on a, a rave and rant. You guys probably don't need to hear all about it. Um, but it's it should be noted that anyone's experience with a chemical pregnancy or any form of loss or pregnancy, it's it's so unique to the individual and that no expression of emotion is either wrong or right. It just is. So, um, yes, that's that. So I fell pregnant in January a couple of days later. I got my period uh, in February. I said to John, oh, actually, that's another key thing. I was still wearing the temp drop in January. So we had been intimate. And then by chance, I saw that, um, not by chance, because I had a rough idea, but the, the spike had happened. And I kind of thought, oh, wow, you know, that was pretty close timing of things. And then for the next two weeks, I just watched my temperature continue to increase. So I had this two-week build of being like, that was really good timing. My temperature's going up. It normally doesn't keep going up. Like I've got all this data to show you what normally happens. So I was waking up at like a ridiculous time to check my phone and see what my temperature was because am I pregnant? Am I pregnant? Am I pregnant? Um, so by the time I actually got the positive test, I was exhausted emotionally because I was so revved up over this temperature um, that, yeah, I, I literally felt exhausted. Um, Anyway, fast forward, the, the chemical pregnancy obviously happened. And um, in February, I said to John, I'm not going to wear the temp drop anymore. If we are to fall pregnant again, I, I don't want that two-week build of knowing that something's like literally brewing. Um, I, found, I found it personally way, way too emotionally exhausting um, and overwhelming. And also... If I stayed true to how John and I feel about how we personally as a couple go about conception, um, we would rather kind of just <laughs> let magic happen and, and see what happens. And as I say that, I know that can be so triggering for some women listening. And I'm I'm really sorry if someone saying that can cause upset or, um, you know, negative emotions because some women have a really difficult time conceiving and they would do anything to kind of, just go with the flow and see what happens. And so if you're listening to this and I'm, I'm sorry if it causes upset, but I'm just sharing what John and I in our process is. Um, and if you're not comfortable with this conversation, by all means, like, please, please don't listen to it um, because it's just not, not helpful if it's not having a positive effect on your emotions. Um, anyway, so in February, I stopped wearing the, the temp drop. And I also said, I don't, I don't want to even, try 
and I say try again, but I'm I'm really aware of when I ovulate due to bodily signs. And I said, but I just don't want to, I don't want to fall pregnant this month. I still need some time to process what happened in January. Um, not because I was ridiculously sad. I just didn't feel ready to go on that path again. Um, and thankfully he was really gracious and said, yep, yeah, cool. Like <laughs> I'll follow your, your lead. Um, so that was really good on the soul front and the emotional front and I guess healing front. And then in March, um, very similar situation. So no, no temp drop, didn't want to know about it. Um, my training was still reduced to three days a week. I'd done that since November because in November we decided at the start of the new year, we're going to have another baby. And um, my cycles had reduced down to 30 days um, for those consecutive months. And then in March, I had a gist that I was ovulating. Um, things happened. And two weeks later, one week later, I felt changes in my breasts. So I did notice this with Cosima, but at the time I didn't know I was pregnant. So I didn't know how to attach the feeling. Um, but my if you don't already know, I have breast implants um, and the heaviness of them changed. Uh, the fullness felt different. Nothing that you could see visually. I could just physically feel it. Um, and I felt a shift in my body. So I can't explain what it is. I just feel pregnant. And I actually had the same feeling with Cosima, but because I hadn't been pregnant before, I didn't know. So um, I thought I had a new food intolerance and I was keeping all these food diaries. Like maybe I'm really stressed. My dog at the time had just had this massive surgery and I'm like, no, this feeling is the stress taking its toll, blah, blah, blah. Where this time around, I'm like, oh, wow, I'm, I'm, I'm pregnant. And I didn't want to tell anybody because I thought if I've got it wrong, they're just going to be like, oh, stop thinking about it. Like, I know you want to have one, blah, blah, blah. So I just kept it to myself and, um, long story short, take a pregnancy test and, oh my goodness, I am pregnant. And I, I didn't know how to feel. Obviously I was excited and happy, but, um, oh gosh, I feel like I'm going to get emotional again. Um, given the history of my fertility, um, it was, quite emotional <laughs> as I'm trying to find the words to talk um you know six years of HA being told you you can't have children you won't have children naturally to falling pregnant naturally with Cosima um to falling pregnant in January not trying in February and then again falling pregnant in March I I just I couldn't believe how much the tables had turned in uh my capacity as a woman to be fertile, I guess you could say, um, in the time that it had. And it was, I guess, a beautiful testament to the journey that I had, I have been on um, and that I'm continually on to make sure that I'm honouring my body and looking after it the best way I know how, knowing that sometimes I stuff up, but for the most part, um, you know, between cycle syncing my training, looking after my mental health and my mindset, eating well um soul connections friends family all those things um that my body and the and god or the universe whoever you sort of believe in with these things had given me the opportunity to be a mum again um so that felt really special 
And uh, as you can probably tell, as I said, I'm, I'm 21 weeks pregnant now. This has been a, a successful pregnancy so far. Um, it makes me nervous even to just comment on the status of the pregnancy. I don't think I ever really outgrow that. Um, and everything is going well, just for just F FYI. Um, but I guess my coping strategy is being aware of things being less optimal, let's say. Um, so I, I personally get afraid to be too confident about stuff. Um, but that's not how other women are. Other women are like, no, like I'm not going to let in any negativity or, um, or negative outcomes. Others perhaps <laughs> lean towards the negative even though everything's positive, but that's, that's just my coping strategy. Um, but yes, nonetheless, I feel like I've gotten a bit distracted now. My emotions have, have taken control over me. Um, but as you can see, my, my journey to a baby second time around was very different to Cosima, um, but nonetheless, just as special in its own unique way. And overall, it has made me even more passionate to be helping the women just like yourselves out there recover from HA or an eating disorder um, or even women who are just wanting to optimize their fertility because as you would know so many women um, have some pretty rigid training regimes or eating behaviors but they don't lose their period they keep the period um, but they still may not be in optimal fertility uh, due to certain behaviors so I guess my experience has very much made me uh, I don't know, <laughs> uh, grow, grow my, my love and desire to help as many women as I can um, not only heal but optimise their fertility and, and have the babies that they were told they couldn't have yet have always wanted. Um, I think that's just like the most special thing in the world. Um, so I think that's that for today. I would continue on, but I, the emotions really have gotten the better of me. I will be doing some more episodes on my pregnancy so far um in regards to the mental side of things and training uh it's definitely been a different experience second time round um and and quite different <laughs> to be honest so I do look forward to sharing that with you uh but for now thank you for joining in on the jade falling pregnant again update I hope you found it interesting um if you'd like to comment or leave me a message you're more than welcome to and I look forward to seeing you in the next episode. Bye for now.